Well, we'll get started. <clears throat> uh, this is week four, the fourth week of our Thanksgiving slash Christmas series. <clears throat> and first we started off with a Thanksgiving message, right? And that feels like a super long time ago. Like when I was writing this, I really had to rack my brain. I knew I gave a Thanksgiving message and I, just, I could not remember what it was on, uh, but I remembered. It feels like forever ago, but it was on Ecclesiastes chapter four, uh, where we were taught and reminded just how thankful we should be for having people that we can count on, people that we can go to, and people that'll help us in different situations. So that was tied into um, the 10-day devotional that we did together, the Thanksgiving devotion. And that's something that I really enjoyed doing alongside of many of you guys. Um, just going through 10 days of reading the same scripture and the same um, write-up about it. Like that, that was just a really neat experience. So thank you to everyone that participated in that. Then in week two uh, and three, we discussed different songs. And remember one or two, one, one of the songs? What was one of the songs? What child's this? Good. Does anyone remember the other song? So now we're going two weeks ago. What child is this? Yeah, yeah. Way to go. Star pupil right there. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, we talked about, two weeks ago we talked about the Magnificat, Mary's Magnificat, where Mary offered up a song to glorify the Lord. And again, I don't necessarily think that it was something she sang with tune, but it was like a poem style where she was able to go back and remember and reflect and share the stories of what the Lord has done. Um, and then last week, Ben talked about another song, as, as he said, what child is this? One of the most important questions that could be asked, right? What child is this? In other words, who is Jesus? Is he a wise teacher? Is he a king? Is he a myth? What, what child is this that we learn and we sing about? And Ben walked us through answering that question, giving us historical proof as to who Jesus was, right? The son of God, born of a virgin, our Lord and Savior, our king. That's who Jesus was. That's who Jesus is. Today I want to look at another <coughs> um, song. I put in air quotes. Um, because I, I don't really think it's a song. I think it's more of a, probably a chant. But uh, yeah, it's probably better depicted as a chant of praise. But for the first time in the series, we're going to be giving a, a song or a chant or whatever you want to call it, given by somebody that's not human. So... I found that interesting, and, and I don't have this next part in my notes, so bear with me a little bit. <clears throat> I find it interesting how God can use non-humans for his glory and for his benefit, and really just however he wants to, right? Like, we're not the only ones that can praise the Lord and be used for the Lord, us humans. God loves to use us, and that's awesome. What a miracle that he, that he does choose to use us. Um, but there's three other things in Scripture that I can think of that, that the Lord uses 
to to speak or potentially speak that that isn't us? Can anyone think of any of them? Um, what's that? Yes, yep, so the rock, that was going to be the trick one, but you got it, yeah, so the rocks, um, when Jesus was being praised, Jesus said that if people weren't to cry out to praise Jesus, then the rocks were going to cry out, the rocks, not even living, breathing, no, no blood in them, no air in them to sing, to praise, yet God could have still used them could have opened the mouths of rocks for his glory. God has the ability to do that. Two other ones. Yeah. Burning bushes. Okay. Uh, burning bush, that was more God speaking. Yeah, through the burning bush. It was, it was God speaking. The bush itself wasn't necessarily speaking. Great example. Um, I'll go ahead and say them. Number two is a donkey. It's kind of obscure, right? But there's a passage in the Bible where a donkey speaks is understood by humans, um, or by at least one human. Uh, donkey's not normally able to talk. In this case, it was. So God can use rocks to, to speak. God can use donkeys to speak. He uses us. And in this passage... Um, angels. Angels are speaking. Angels are praising the Lord. Um, so we're going to pray, and then we're going to get to it. It's, we're going to be reading out of Luke chapter 2, if you want to get there. Um, but I'll pray. Dear God, thank you again for this day, and just that we get to open your word, that we get to read about you, and about Jesus coming to earth, and that we get to learn more about you through your word, and that that like Pastor Shat said, there's never, we're never done learning about you. There's always more to figure out. You're so vast and you're so awesome that, that we can always get more from what you've given us. And I pray that tonight that happens, that your spirit's here working through me and working through everybody to be able to hear your word and understand your character and become more like you. Thank you. Amen. We're going to, so Luke chapter 2, we're going to be starting at uh, verse 8. And we'll read through 14. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so, so some context. Just before this passage <clears throat> is where Mary gives birth to Jesus. Okay, so if you can picture that, Jesus, um, Mary has just given birth, and then this is the next passage. The shepherds and the angels. Verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. I want to take a break real quick. What child is this? What child is this? A Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Verse 12. And this will be a sign for you. 
You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. This is the word of the Lord. What, what an awesome passage. And uh, I, I was really getting pretty excited about this when I was looking at it. And I want to talk about a few things. Number one, the glory of the Lord. Right? Because how is it described here? It says, the glory of the Lord shone around them. The glory of the Lord shone around them. It, it was shining around them. And fascinatingly enough, uh, the glory of the Lord has taken on <clears throat> many different, um, it, it's looked different throughout the Bible. It's, it's been presented in different ways. And I'll read off one, two, three, uh, four of them, five of them, a few of them here, just to give you guys an idea of how the glory of the Lord can be presented. In Exodus, it said, and as soon as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation, of the people of Israel, they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. So here the glory so in the in Luke here we have the glory of the Lord shining. And then in Exodus, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. Also in Exodus, a few chapters later, chapter twenty-four, says, Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. So we have shining, we have a cloud, like a fire, a devouring fire. In Ezekiel, it says, like the appearance, oh, I like this one, this one's cool. Like the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud on the day of rain, so was the appearance of the brightness all around, such was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell on my face, and I heard the voice of one speaking. So we have a cloud, we have shining, we have a devouring fire, and I just, I love the way he described it. A rainbow, right? The, like the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud on the day of rain. I just, I really like that. So like a rainbow, we're getting all sorts of imagery describing the same thing. That's the glory of the Lord. Last one here in Revelations. <clears throat> and the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light. And its lamp is the Lamb. So again, similar to kind of how I'm picturing it here in Luke. We have in, in Revelation that where the Lord is, where his glory is, there's no need for the sun. There's no need for other lights because the glory of the Lord is the light. And I love, they said, its lamp is the lamb. Its lamp is the lamb. Jesus, the lamb of God, is the light. We don't need the sun. Because Jesus is the light. I, I love that, guys. 
we have the glory of the Lord and just described and shown in so many different ways for us. The next thing I want to talk about here <clears throat> is just the changes. The changes that we see in this short passage. Um, how does it start? It starts with the shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. So the, shepherd, the shepherds are in the field at night. And personally, I love being outside at night, just being alone outside, just in the peace, in the darkness. Nobody sees me. There's nothing going on around me. It's just, it's just quiet, right? And I'm imagining that's how these shepherds are right now. They're just in a field watching over their flock by night. And then all of a sudden, boom! I imagine a light as bright as you've ever seen just erupting, just erupting around you. And it says the shepherds were filled with great fear, right? So obviously something big was happening, and the angel appeared, and the glory of the Lord shone. What's it say? The glory of the Lord shone around them. So we go from darkness to Is that my phone? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> that Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is crazy. <laughs> uh, give me one second. I'm gonna take a drink. That was dramatic. Yeah, so, so they're in the darkness. <clears throat> they're in the field at night when, like, a light switch goes off, just the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were scared, and the angel said, hey, you don't have to be scared. And then what does it say? What's the, what's the next transitional word that they use? It's suddenly, suddenly, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. So we have so many kind of different scenes happening here, right? Shepherds in the field, kind of minding their own business. Boom! Glory of the Lord shone. Light shining around them. And then suddenly, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. I think that it's possible that this could have been one of the most magnificent moments in all of history, possibly the most magnificent moment in all of history. Um, a few months ago, I was watching a 90-minute documentary. Ryan, if you don't mind. Uh, I was watching a 90-minute documentary on disc golf, and you might be thinking, that's pretty lame. And you might be right, but it gets worse because that documentary was only on one single shot, one throw, one throw that somebody threw. 90 minutes all on that one moment. And it's considered the best disc golf shot in history because everything that was riding on this one shot, right? He needed to make the shot from where he was, which was not a good position to be in. He had to make it in the basket if he wanted to tie the person that was ahead of him 
and force um, like a sun death playoff, basically. Um, so to just tie the guy, he had to make the shot. Otherwise, it's over. Tournament's over. The, the champion wins, and that's the end of the tournament. So th this is that shot right here. Uh, I told it to play at a certain moment. Ryan, could you move it to 115, please? Keep going, keep going, keep going. Keep going, keep going, keep going. There, all right, go ahead, just click that. This is that. I think about that moment. I think about that emotion. Why did I show you guys that? You might be wondering. But I think about the joy in the crowd. I think of everyone rallying together in this very moment, in the four seconds that that disc was in the air, and the tension of him standing there, knowing what he had to do, throwing it, and having it go in. I think about it, and I think for some people that were there, that could have been the most exciting moment of their lives. Like, that sounds crazy, but you saw the video. It was electric. Like, the energy there was electric. There was some guy who was in, like, an American, like, a USA flag, who was just, like, caught up in the hype. He just runs and he jumps in the pond. Like, people were going absolutely nuts. If they're there, they're obviously fans. But it doesn't matter, right, if they were fans of that particular athlete. Like, the, the moment was just so tense. And, and so, again, I'll say electric, that everybody was excited. They rushed out at him. It wasn't even the end of the tournament. There was still more to play. Now, just imagine the long-awaited savior of the world arrives, right? Hundreds or thousands of years of tension, of just man needing a savior, just living in sin and having, having no step in between them and God. God's plan of salvation pivoting around this, this child, this baby who was just born. Freedom from our sin and shame. Breaking, breaking the pattern of sin to the pattern of redemption. Jesus is born. And I just have to imagine with this holy excitement and, and we're humans, right? But, but humans can get excited about really simple stuff like a Frisbee going in some chains, right? And I just imagine in a similar manner just a multitude of angels just waiting and watching for this one moment. Jesus is born. And with the holy excitement, the glory of the Lord shone around them. And suddenly, a multitude of angels saying, glory to God in the highest. Oh, I'm having some serious technical problems today. <clears throat> glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those 
with whom he is pleased. One night in the darkness and then all this happens. Again, just the the energy in that moment had to be absolutely incredible. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for sending your son and just thank you for sending sending your angels to come and praise you for showing that moment to the shepherds and just the shepherds then turning and getting to go and see Jesus in the manger, see Jesus right after he was born and celebrate that. Thank you that 2,000 years later we're still celebrating that. The moment that changed history, that changed the trajectory of mankind from, from sin to redemption. Just, just thank you. Thank you for your son, for sending him. I pray that when we think of Christmas and when we think of what you're doing, that it's not stale to us, but that there would be an energy about it, that there would be an excitement about it, that we'd understand the significance of the moment and everything riding on it. Thank you for your plan, and thank you just... Thank you that it works, that we can put our faith in Jesus and know you. Amen.